Yo, this is, uh, I, for the first time, I legitimately don't know which episode this is even going to be. Episode something of Invite the Somebodies. Um, yeah, uh, this episode was really cool. I don't know, fucking cool, right? But let's be honest, some of them are cooler than others. And that's for you to decide. Um, to you, some episodes are cooler than others, and I might disagree on which ones you think are cooler than those other ones that I think are cooler than those. You know. You get it. Um, yeah, Brevity, Chris, and uh, Glass Piece, Charlie, we're on, and this episode's going to start with some performances, and the first performance, because they failed to say it, unprofessional, uh, the first one is Glass Piece, Charlie, um, don't know what the song title is, unprofessional, and then uh, Chris from, Chris, the only member of Brevity, uh, plays a, another untitled, unprofessional song. Uh, but no, they were really cool guys. I'm only fucking around so much because we really hit it off. Um, and that was kind of our vibe. Like, I-, I love the conversations where we can weave seamlessly in and out of fucking around and like genuinely deep and you can just tell that in the other person or the other people. You can just know like the rhythm is there. So th- I think that's, that's, it was one of those episodes. So I really enjoyed it. Hope you guys enjoy it too. Uh, look up, uh, the podcast for more podcasts. I don't fucking know. Live. With uh, Glass Piece and Mr. Brevity. <laughs> He's up next and about to get and invite the neighbors exclusive Tiny Couch performance. So take it away. All right. Into your apartment after dark, you said, Come on up. I said, Come on out. Well, I guess I was talking more to myself I was scared you might hurt me You were more scared of your neighbors hearing If I got hurt, what would my parents think?
don't hear me But now I am learning that this is how it will always be Cool, thank you Hell yeah! yeah. <laughs> and now, now you're on the spot Oof! <laughs> I got a tune though Oh! It's cool. I'm recording. <laughs> You're in D, right? D, D, F, sharp, E, D. Yeah, something like that. Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> this is how we do it on the podcast. Oh, wait. I'm not recording. Well, I am recording. Okay. Now I got my mic back. Uh, all right. Let's just go into it. Brevity. Yay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Trouble staying out of trouble, and every night ends up with bloody fingernails. From all these jobs that we don't want to work, man, we gotta do them anyways. I know you wanted to be the corset that he wore for confidence, and not to be seen. I know you know that, I know that you know this would only work out in your mind's eye. And you claim the fame How you never complain Cause it only makes the job Harder for everyone I wanna be Blue collar with a clip on tie And a pair of second and cufflinks I probably couldn't work Unless I saw them do them in the movies All the things I learned how to do Watching the movies My five-year college degree Doesn't have a single thing On all these movies I've seen I wanna be blue-collar With a clip-on tie And a pair of second-hand cufflinks I probably couldn't work Okay, now I'm going to do a little pause to reset the mic thing, because I'm a professional. <laughs> but that was Glass Piece and Brevity. Yay. Okay. We're back. I always feel weird doing that, because like when there's pauses, for me, like living in real life, it, there was a pause. But right. when you listen to the podcast, it's like, Bleh. okay, we're back. Right, and I'm exactly. like, Why the fuck? <laughs> I don't even have to say we're back. There wasn't a commercial like for them, you know? Right. I don't make money off this. <laughs> Speaking of which, I have a Patreon. Yeah. <laughs> Patreon. slash Patreon. I do technically, even though I don't make money, I get money from Patreon. I have twenty dollars every That's month. Sick. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It costs about like uh, costs about fifty bucks to host the podcast a month. Oh damn! Because there's. The hosting fee, because you got to right. host the files online, yep. and then I use like a post-production software that's just like you pay by the amount of hours that you use. Oh, really? Yeah, and that's just to get it to like the the loudness. Yeah. Correct? Because gotcha. there's like a universal standard, I guess. Mm -hmm. Luffs. 
I don't know what the fuck. Luffs. <laughs> Never heard of that. I don't know. Yeah, it's like L U F S. If you don't do any production and like, if you ever have to do anything like this, you'll figure it out. Okay. But Interesting. the post production just makes it really easy. It converts it to mono MP3 and like it lets you choose the file size and like you pay based on storage. So like if I can make it a smaller file size, like mm-hmm. I, I can use less storage, which is nice. Called Auphonic. I feel like you could use it for albums too. You but, probably, I, I don't even research, honestly, that kind of stuff. I just kind of fall through it and get through it, I guess. <laughs> this is pissing me off, this mic stand. Uh, okay, there we go. All right, so why the hell did you want to be on this podcast, dude? Um. Well, for me personally, um, I don't know if I should even say my name. This is Charlie. Um, oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of confusing, but um, I mean, just seeing all the different, like, just DIY acts and kind of seeing what you're doing with DIY bands that come through um, and just getting to like talk about kind of my experience with DIY and kind of me getting into it and how it's kind of shaped me and going forward and that kind of thing, I think is, I don't know, just seemed like an interesting topic to talk about since it's such a big part uh, of my life. So, yeah. Yeah. We've never, uh, yeah. There's no one else doing this. (laughs) And also personally, I've never done a podcast before, so it's kind of really cool to do that. Yeah. Yeah. There's no one interviewing anybody, which is, I think I there is. I'll, I'll, I'm going to give a shout out. There's one that I found called Emo Trash Podcasts. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're more specific, I feel like. Mm-hmm. They, they're definitely DIY. Um, I think they kind of follow the bands that are blowing up. They're kind of like, there's this particular scene, you know what I mean? Right, there is. They're, you know, and uh, they they're at like sled fest for yeah. instance you know what i mean they do, they're doing it's cool they're doing like a road to sled fest thing where they're like kind of touring around i feel yeah, like and sick. talking to a lot of the different bands whereas me i'm more like i try to be you know i don't try to be like genre exclusive i'm not saying that they are i'm just saying at first glance right like that that's yep. what it appears to be um i actually awesome. reached reached out to them and you know, I'd mm-hmm. be interested in having them on. Yeah, so that'd be really, I don't want really it to make cool. it. I didn't want to come off at all like I was like criticizing at all um, or, or comparing. But oh, they're yeah, just doing I, their own thing. And yeah, yeah, and that's yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And uh, the original idea was to, you know, paint like an audio picture of mm-hmm. the whole DIY and, and, and not just DIY. It's really the DIYs is in the name because i do it myself exactly yep, you know right. but like if a big band one if the wonder years wanted to come on i wouldn't be like oh you're not diy you know right, what I mean? yeah. like, <laughs> right i'd be like as long as you're writing your own songs you're diy to an extent yep yep you know like so i i, I don't get maybe you guys speak to this too i don't get the like there's like an an over um what's the fucking word it's like overinflated sense of pride for staying DIY or like or there's like a, a back and forth between some people where there's like, you know, they'll talk shit if you're not DIY or, right. you know what I mean? And they don't kind of want to let you advance almost if, if you have that opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people, especially, especially pretty recently, there was it like blew up on Twitter and that kind of thing. And yeah, I mean, if you're given that opportunity, I think as long as you're given a platform and you use it for good and you use it for like. And in my eyes, DIY is all about giving, like doing it yourself, but also the giving back to the community. That's yeah. how, in my eyes, that's how I see it. Um, and as long as like, if you get that opportunity, you use it to give back in some way. It doesn't necessarily have to mean every single show you throw a, like 
you know, some random person on for the sake of just throwing them on, but finding a way to get back with that platform, I think is really crucial. Yeah. Um, so I don't get people who bash that as long as people are using it. They're like in a, in a good way. Yeah. Like I would, I would get it like, you know, on a case by case basis. Yeah, so like yeah. if a band blows up and then all of a sudden they act like you don't, they don't know anybody anymore. Yeah. And they, yeah, they act like they're, I've definitely witnessed that. I mean, they're definitely in the past <laughs> couple of years, there's been a couple instances of that, which is fine, but it's like, yeah, like you said, there's two different, I feel like there's two different things when it comes to DIY. It's like one, they're like, you can't do everything yourself. Like, yeah, that's, you can't. Uh, no. it's simply like, <laughs> that is one overbearing two, sometimes impossible three, you're going to get burned out so fast if you try to do it yourself. So it's like at one point or another, you're going to have to get a hand, you know, any way you can get it. I mean, yeah. Like DIY is almost a misnomer, like, mm-hmm. because you're really, no one is doing everything themselves like if say like even if you're booking your own tours like you're reaching out to other people you're doing the things that a booking agent would do i mean you have other people helping you out too right so like i don't really see the the distinction like at what point is the label you work for or that you're signed to not diy because i mean they all kind of start that way and then Mm -hmm. isn't the goal to gain success like not everybody can be Radiohead and and yeah, exactly. like completely sustain themselves without any need for a record label or anything like that. You know, like I feel like yeah. a band getting success—that's that. I mean, for me, that's the goal. I'm very open about it. Like, right. if someone wanted to hand me a paycheck, I'd be like, yeah, as long as I don't have to like, you know, um, like fuck with the integrity exactly, of the yeah. art. You know, as long as like I don't have a label telling me that like. Eh, I don't like the song. It needs a chorus. Well, oh, fuck that, dude. Right. Like, don't tell me how to write my music. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't. But I wouldn't be in that situation in the first place. Right. Exactly. Because if I was ever going to be signed, you know, knock on wood, that'd be cool. Mm-hmm. But like, there would be those long conversations before the pen ever hit the paper. Like, right. you know, clearly, if any label had interest in me, they would not care about choruses. I think, anyways, because exactly. like they're not there. Yep. But I also feel like. I, I mean, when I first start, started getting into DIY, like I, I kind of saw these around and I mean, they're mainly in Facebook pages, but like changing the terminology a little bit to do it together instead of do it yourself ah. um, was big for me. And I, I think that's what it is more than DIY. It's do it together. And um, yes, and it's do it together with people who have these same ideas or ideals as you and um, within the same community and sharing the same morals and that kind of thing. And I yeah. think that's more of what most people are getting at. And um I don't know. I, I think it's just like a change of terminology that needs to happen. And yeah. It's not as catchy as DIY. I guess. Right, right, right. <laughs> it, it's yeah. like, it really doesn't matter what you call it at the end mm. of the day. It's just understanding that like you, the name isn't, it doesn't really matter so much. Exactly. as like, it is what it is, regardless right. of what you call it, dude. Yep. But you know, don't be a dick if you get exactly. successful. Yeah. Yeah. That's which is hard for it. some people. <laughs> right. But yeah. I can imagine. I think it's just like a jealousy thing. Yeah. I feel like a lot of jealousy, a lot of bitterness. um, Yeah. And especially with people that maybe have been around a little bit longer. There's some bands that blow up pretty quick. Like, yeah, like it was our turn. Yeah. That's not how it works. No, that's not how it works. Nobody owes you anything and you have to continuously put in work to get to where you want to be. Yeah. um, I feel like people lose sight of that. I feel like I've lost sight of that at times. For sure. um, But you got to just kind of be real about it and kind of keep that perspective there. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not a perfect meritocracy all the time. Like it can very much be a popularity contest. And mm-hmm. 
but I, I find that like the bands that uh like take dog Leg, for example okay so like they've been grinding for like you know at least three years mm-hmm. so they deserve the success that they're getting right. but even if they if their first record the one that they're releasing now was their was their first record and not they didn't do any eps if it was as good as it is mm-hmm. like then and then they blew up like within less than a year something like that good for them dude like right you know like it doesn't matter like it can be a meritocracy like mm-hmm. when you're a clear standout mm-hmm. you know but no i definitely i definitely agree with that and it, it really is also all about timing and about you know particularly what you're working on and and the sound and what people are looking for to listen to it's, it's so many different factors and yeah you can't really predict it but when something hits i mean it, it pops off and yeah and you know i think too like that makes me think of this like a lot of people want to be in the DIY click. Yeah. So like there are definitely the bands that are like the click bands that mm-hmm. are like the, the hot names yeah. kind of thing. And, yeah. uh, I'm not knocking them at all. I'm just saying like, I've seen people make posts. Like one in particular was like, no one's going to care about my band because we're not emo or something mm-hmm. like no one in DIY will care because we're not emo. I'm like, well, find your audience. Yep, exactly. You know what yeah. I mean? It's it's not about the social club, right? Like, I mean, that's a cool part of it if you yep. fit in, whatever. Mm-hmm. But it, you know, if you want your music to thrive, you got to be smart about that. Like, exactly. You don't want to if you're playing indie music, or I mean, this, these are all just labels, but yeah, you don't cater to the emo audience, or you don't, you know, and maybe there's overlap right. and that kind of thing. But right. like you said, you got to know your audience or know your target audience anyway, and. and uh, I don't know, build that fan base from there. Yeah. yeah. You have to seek out the people that you want to be with and want to, yeah. you know, at least initially, you know, I mean, I feel you, like that's where people lose sight a lot of times. Yeah. It's like they get frustrated. Like, why don't these people care? Well, these people don't really like that kind of music. Yeah. So like, why yeah. are you wasting yeah. your time in that, that area, I guess. But, and that's kind of like, I can say that because that was like, I was the, the first to have that happen to me. Like mm-hmm. I, uh, I mean, I, I wasn't the first, but like, it popped into my head because it was it happened to me and i realized it yeah like when i uh first heard about like this diy thing it was like mm-hmm. a, maybe a year and a half ago and mm-hmm. i like i started to notice like the bands that were popular and like i you know kind of felt like it was a very uh not completely one-dimensional but there's a lot of the same kind of stuff i'm hearing mm-hmm. and i was freaking out like this is what's popular like shit what am i gonna do and i was thinking about my own songwriting and like I'm like, do I need to like change? Like I found myself like being drawn to different song structures and like Mm -hmm. in my writing and stuff. But it never came to fruition because I was like, this doesn't feel right. Right. You know, I never really went through with even an entire song because I was like, no, I, you know, you have to just believe in what you're doing. Right. You have to like, if the audience, you're just in the wrong place. Cause you think about how many acts are out there like how many bands find success it's not just this little group of emo kids Mm -hmm. you know it's so much bigger than that you just need to like you know go on spotify and you know this is my ted talk now like if if you want to make it this is my theory anyways and because i'm literally in this process right now like Mm -hmm. i'm recording an ep i'm thinking how Mm -hmm. am i going to find my audience you Mm -hmm. know i figure like just go on spotify and look at some of the bands that you think are would be your fans of that band would be fans of your band then look at all the similar artists or whatever and then when bands of that nature are like coming to your town hit them up be like hey can i open for you like things like that look for that crowd and play to that crowd exactly because it exists like they wouldn't be coming 
to your city to play the blind pig or something like that if you know just because you're not hanging out with that crowd go to those shows figure out who those people are they're not hermits i mean they're not all just living like in the basement you know like they get out too like you just need to find the right crowd and i think like the diy emo scene is kind of like the cool kids i feel like because it's all the like the fresh young kids like it's it's like the young people determine what determining what's cool you know but like i mean as a 28 year old it was intimidating to me in a weird way at first like it's like oh shit like i'm aging like this is what's cool now (laughs) right and it's weird going to shows with people that are like I mean, I don't know that significantly younger, but I mean, I mean, I'm 26, so yeah. I'm definitely like older than I what I think the typical emo showgoer is. Right, right. Uh, right. But it's like a different dynamic, and it, it's I I don't know. It's it's kind of hard to I don't know, kind of navigate that situation sometimes. Yeah, but then you remember people my age go to shows. What shows are they going? Exactly. You know, yeah. and like people my age go to newfound glory shows too. Like so, yeah, it's like uh-huh. the, the age. I, like getting caught up in the number is is a big mistake it and is. that's what i realized it's not about that it's about finding the audience finding the yeah. the the music that mm-hmm. that that makes sense and you know like mixed bills are cool yeah like definitely. when your band's starting out there's something to like just saying yes to every show yeah like and maybe there's one person in that crowd who's going to dig what you're doing come to your next show or something right like I mean, I like mixed bills. I think some of them can be like, some of them kind of can forced. Be, yeah. Um, I, so I actually play in like another band called Alchemist, and we have played oh, really? some crazy mixed bills that like some of them are like terrible. Like they're like it's like <laughs> people like don't give a fuck about us. Like, yeah. like why is this band? Because it's yeah. more of like um I don't even I don't like using the word punky, but it's like a I don't know that kind of vibe. Um, and then you play with like these metal bands or like these like. I don't know, screamo bands. And like yeah. even like playing a glassby stuff, I've opened up for like a screamo a couple screamo bands and it's like a weird vibe. But sometimes yeah. it worked. Like I feel like that worked, but like I, I remember I saw and this made no sense to me whatsoever. Cause this was like on a big level. I saw like brand new back in the day. Mm-hmm. And they were touring for the Devil and God, which is like to, like mm-hmm. this is dark album, yeah. you know. But they're Wait, touring when, when it came out or just a couple years ago no just a few years ago and they did the 10 year yeah mm-hmm. i did that too Fun bottoms in modern baseball yep, what I a that show. weird fucking combo yep. yep like i'm standing in the front like for the front bottoms and all these like 14 year old girls are going nuts like no shade if you love front bottoms just saying right. that was the crowd that was the you crowd. know mm-hmm. and i was like this is not getting me ready for the devil and god dude right yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was strange because i remember when i showed there yeah i showed up and um the two friends I came with had like uh, general admission, so they could like you know go on the big floor, or whatever. Kalamazoo, right? Yeah, I wasn't like, sure if they played two Michigan shows, but it was the one at the Delta Plex. Delta Plex, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I remember I uh, I could only get uh, like a bleachers. T- I mean, like nosebleed. I was oh, way up there. Gotcha. <laughs> and uh, it was wild because oh, they also made me hold, my, hold all their merch, and uh, it, was kinda, it was really depressing. Anyways, so yeah, I was up in the bleachers <laughs> watching this thing, and there was. Also, no one else in the bleachers. It was so sad. <laughs> but yeah, sold just out general mission. Yeah, it was just me <laughs> vibing. And like, I was sitting with, there was a couple other people over here. And I I just got that vibe. I'm like, I just see their straight faces as they're watching modern baseball. I'm like, okay, so they're not here for modern baseball. Yeah. Front bottles came on. They're just, they're straight facing. I'm like, okay, they're not here for them. Brand new came on. They take their shirts off. Oh. And they are like doing like Captain Morgan poses. Really and weird. And just word lyric every oh man it was so great I, I, that, that was cool that was the first time i ever saw brand new too and i was like oh was wow yeah, yeah. i i saw them i think i four four times i saw them mm-hmm. that was the 
second or third, but yeah, R.I.P. But uh, yeah, true. Um, so your other band you said Alchemist. Yeah. Do you like what? Like what's? I'm curious. What like what is the origin of that name? Like why Alchemist? Cause, um, like, I kind of have. I'll I'll explain, but. So I personally, I really didn't have any any oh, okay. stake in, in taking that name. <laughs> um, but the reason being, so at the time we were a four piece and then we became a three piece and then became a four piece again. Um, but at the time, JD, who's also in the band and Ryan is in the band. Um, JD is really into like magic and the card game and all that. I don't really oh, know okay. that much about it, to be honest. But um, essentially we all, the, the way I remember it is we all felt like we weren't like, like, the greatest experts at our instruments and the idea was but if we if we put those talents together like we'll be able to create something that is you know mm, better than if okay. we created on our own kind of thing yeah um so that's where it came from and it was i don't know it just kind of never changed it i guess yeah i was just curious because like uh i've been like trying to come up with logos and just like a uh uh what's the word not motif yeah maybe motif is mm. the right word but like a, an image like a branding yeah. for like this ep that i'm doing and i came across alchemy symbols Mm -hmm. and they're so cool like i was like i was just trying to think of something that's like kind of tied to the spiritual world you know i'm really into that type of stuff and then alchemy symbols came up and like i made this logo with using alchemy symbols that look like letters so it's all symbols but it spells out my band name oh that's sick yeah so i was like i wonder if they, I wish I knew more about it. I know, like, I don't know shit really. Either, JD but. always talked about, like, like I think it's called the quinsunks, which I think is like the sum <laughs> is greater than the parts of, mm-hmm. sum is greater than the parts. Or, I don't know. I don't know the exact term, but yeah, JD, it was all mostly JD at that point, but, uh, I love JD. Yeah. But yeah, that's where, where it came from, I guess, and it just kind of stuck. <laughs> gotcha. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what, like, what got you into, the DIY you mentioned that's something that um, you probably yeah so I mean I mean I'm just playing music and being into music and then I didn't learn guitar really till I was 18 I started oh, really? playing and, and that's obvious now I'm sure yeah <laughs> it probably is no, you had, cool, you had some cool stuff honestly um, I was compliment you. um yeah I, I don't know I feel like my music will never be guitar driven for me personally it'll always yeah. just be more lyrically or like emotional driven but um yeah, so playing guitar, and then me and JD and Ryan actually all went to school, who was an alchemist as well, and um, they asked me to jam with him, and then that became a thing, and we played shows with our friend Jeremy, who was in like Living Like Ghosts and Our False Heroes back in the day, who's in, you know, he's been in bands, and um, that just kind of spiraled from there. We kind of slow starting out, and then I moved into an apartment, actually not too far from here, it was called Mackin House. And we started booking shows and we got more in touch with like other DIY bands and having people from like all across the country play. Um, it's cool when that starts happening. You realize yeah. like that this exists around the country. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, start to feel like you're a part of something. And that's when, cause I, I did it, started it back in like 2016. And that's when I met like a lot of the bigger like name bands. Like you talked about Dogleg, like they yeah. played Mackin back then and um, having like bigger bands, like seeing bands like Mom Jeans blow up who like played my apartment back oh, then. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, like it's like <laughs> cool. nuts to think about. And, yeah. Um, just like being able to kind of have that memory and like cherish that is like super cool for me. And yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Like I just think about like right now, like all the people that I know, like two, three years down the road, like, you know, who's going to be. Yeah. It's where crazy. are they? Where's everybody going to be? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's right? crazy to watch it's that. And interesting then, to think about. Yeah. That. Especially like if you're having them on your podcast and like playing shows with them, it's like nuts to like, yeah. Like, I don't know. It's just crazy to, to watch that growth happen. Yeah. I like got Jake from uh dog. Like was just here. We're, we're just chilling and mm-hmm. hanging out and we're just standing on my front porch talking about like, you know, 
being on triple crown records and stuff yeah and like it's it's like cool it's it's weird yeah. it's mm-hmm. surreal because it's like a year ago i never would have thought i would have any like this level of connection to things mm-hmm. you know and now it's like you're two degrees mm-hmm. away from people you idolize right in, in a way it's crazy and like the more you're into it like i look at people that are like like i know someone who's like dating someone who's like touring with like a band that i really love and like or like you see these bands going on tour with other bands like when dogleg played with the sidekicks i was like damn that's so sick like yeah there's just so much of that and so so cool to like not saying like oh like i like i know them because i know this person but like it's cool to like know somebody and like they like are yeah playing with these people that you idolize yourself and that's just like a super cool like thing to see yeah for me i have to uh really suppress the inner just pissed off like like because it's like i want to be there so badly but you just have to you can't and that ties back to what we talked about exactly like that bitterness and that jealousy yeah yeah and like i think that's a naturally occurring emotion it's like what do you do with it exactly how do you You channel that into your music and into your art yeah yeah like it's it's motivation or you just just a reminder that it's possible like if you use it as like oh they got big so that was my turn like it it, it's it's irrational to see someone getting big and then think that means you can't because it's like it should be the opposite. It should tell you that it's possible. Right. And especially someone, you know, they're a real person. They're just working a job, you know, Mm -hmm. and they Mm -hmm. get signed to a a big label. Like it can happen. You just have to, you know, one, you got to have it, Yep. you know, you got to have the, the it factor. You have to like, you know, you have to work. Yep. It's, it's a lot of work. And I think you kind of touched on it too. It's, I feel like it's about branding in a way. Like you have to brand yourself, whether, it's like on like a personal level or just in your music or like the style of whatever, you know, there's so many different ways of brand. And I think some bands just find it like that. And some bands take their time and yeah. And it depends on your goal, mm-hmm. you know, like if you obviously, but like if you, if you want to make it, but you're not taking the steps, yep. it's not going to happen for you. You know, you can be really good, but you know, if you're not selling merch at your shows, mm-hmm. you know, I'm guilty of that right now, but it's because it's like, I, I we're, we're on the, like the, we're starting still, you know what I mean? Like I'm still working out a bass player to like have a full band mm-hmm. set, mm-hmm. you know, but once you're there, it's like, you got to go all in, right? Yep. Like you can't half ass it and, and expect like a hundred percent results. Yep. Yep. It is what it is, dude. You ever play sports? They tell you that. No. Yeah. <laughs> you get what you put in. Yeah. I mean, it's true. It's percent of the shots you don't take. <laughs> Love that one. Yeah, I was, I was a hockey player, dude. <laughs> I did some baseball, basketball back in like elementary school, and I don't know. I played baseball. And I quit. I was afraid of the ball. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. There was actually, and I remember playing baseball in like little league, and this pitcher, like, I would be scared every time they pitched like to me. Like, I knew who they were because they would hit me every fucking time. Really? I'm like, yeah. yeah. And my parents would be like, just don't be scared. And I'm like, well, I'm going to get hit. Like, what do you yeah. mean this hurts? Yeah. Tough I, was like, I was like seven. Same was like, thing here. It's like, I love playing in the field. Like, I play outfield. But when it came to batting, I was, <laughs> I, I would just strike out just watching the ball. Because, like, I yeah. Just, <laughs> yeah. I got the yips, man, as yeah. they call it. What's like, that? where the yips is when you physically are capable of doing something mm-hmm. but it's a mental thing that you can no longer do it okay. because you're like you're thinking you're overthinking it basically okay like it's happened to like famous like major league baseball pitchers where all of a sudden just one day they just don't have it anymore oh damn like it's not a physical decline it's a mental thing 
like there was this basketball player he got drafted in the first round he might have been like one or two overall mm-hmm. and uh, i think it's by the 76 not important but uh he was a major major prospect and the people were saying he was supposed to be like the best prospect in that draft class and then his first year in the nba like he just couldn't shoot like he completely lost his shot and it was just like that's completely a mental yep. thing mm-hmm. I don't know how we got on that, but like it's not. That's Percy. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> how of, old is this cat? Uh, like I think like six. Honestly, he just got a raspy voice. Yeah, he's got a raspy voice. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's a smoker. <laughs> yeah, that's my, my roommate's cat. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, he's got a little raspy boy. Paul Mall, no filter. <laughs> <laughs> he's a cutie boy. Oh god, she's out here. Likes attention. Usually, my cat runs. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. He's he's usually like under the bed in that. Oh room. really? Yeah. Oh sweet. <laughs> so you said you started playing guitar when you were eight, 18. 18? Yeah. So like, were you a musician before that, playing other things, um, or were you just like into it? When I was like really, I mean not like really young, probably like eight or nine, ten. I don't know, my parents had like a cheap keyboard, and I like kind of didn't learn, but I would like play on that, and yeah. like was at least okay at it um and then i was in like band growing up so um i played saxophone and um then that helped me with learning piano in a way um and kind of got to learn like theory a little bit yeah and then um my brother like tried to teach me trumpet because he had a trumpet and i was like not the greatest at that Mm -hmm. but uh yeah and then i just like wanted to learn guitar because i wanted to be in a band and i wanted to make music Um, yeah same thing here yeah yeah so yeah, me too. It just took me a long time to get there. Yeah, like I, uh, I played clarinet. I kind of had the same sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I started guitar earlier, but mm-hmm. like sixth grade, played clarinet and played I that through ninth grade. <laughs> it's a cool. I don't play it anymore. It, it was hard. I tried to play it before. You have to like. I don't know what it is. It's like you have to push very hard when you play. At least for <laughs> is it not the same as a saxophone? No, like, a saxophone. I feel like you like blow air in its direction and it makes a noise. Really? But a clarinet, I feel like you had to put like pressure. I don't know, it was like a different. It's like definitely your embouchure. Is yeah, like, is yeah. They call it. I haven't heard that word in yeah. so long. Yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking that the other day for some reason. I, I have not heard that word in years. Oh <laughs> but yeah, you have to like, you know. I feel like trumpets even worse. You know. Like, yeah, I would get like to, lightheaded when I try to play a trumpet. Yeah, like because you have to like change your like the shape of your yeah like, like it's the same thing for clarinet but it's just like more drastic i feel like for the horns mm-hmm. but yeah play clarinet and then ninth grade well i started guitar in seventh grade mm-hmm. by ninth grade i was just done with clarinet <laughs> i had a really bad attitude or bad outlook <laughs> on things it was just dumb like uh-huh. thinking back on it like i just guitar was like way cooler to me yeah and like i was into like punk bands and stuff and like i just like clarinet was like killing my vibe you know? right especially then <laughs> at that age no one appreciate the clarinet exactly like, yeah dude. so like you had more access with a guitar than anything right but if i could rip clarinet now i'd be a oh boss, my god yeah you know <laughs> and if i was still playing it like i would be ripping clarinet yeah. because like i was uh I mean, I was good, dude. Like, I was, like, first chair in ninth Same. grade. Like, I was good at clarinet legitimately. And you said, I'm done. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, I was getting to the point at guitar where I was just, like, I was way better at clarinet than I was at guitar uh-huh. at the time I quit. Mm-hmm. But I was just, like, fuck this, man. Yeah. Like, you know, I was, like, half jock, half musician. Like, yeah. it was just, like, all the all the toxic things you can be. But, uh, no. <laughs> I, no, I wasn't, like, bad. I, didn't, I wasn't bad in that way. But, you know, I just... Yeah. I really wish I would have kept playing it. I still have one, but I gotta learn it again. I don't know. Right. You do kind of have to relearn it and I don't know. 
I could read music, you know, like guitar, yeah. I can't do shit. Like I no no don't know any theory. Like I have just like a metronome kind of built in kind, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yep. Like I I get uh I just get rhythms and things like that. Yeah. Speaking with yeah, speaking of which you, you can read music because you did clarinet, right? But I maybe not for guitar, but for clarinet you could, right? I could back in the day. Charlie, do you know how to read music? Yeah. I played saxophone. See because you were on, you played drums. I, yeah. So, you, so I did percussion at, since like sixth grade, fifth grade. Yeah. You know? So I did like, you know, sixth through 12th grade doing percussion for like everything, marching band, uh, symphony band, jazz band, stuff like that. And like, so, you know, I, I would always like, if there were ever a part that was like a xylophone, mallet percussion part, I'd be like, I would just lurk in the shadows and yeah. just hope someone else would I feel pick like it that's up. So, like, right? it's such a, uh, percussionist thing to do though. I know. Well, yeah, but <laughs> someone I mean, got a timpani. It was right, cool. Yeah. Cool, yeah. Boom. Hey, give me that timpani. I'll rock this shit. Out. <laughs> yeah. But like, oh gosh, when it came to like keyboard stuff, it's like, oof. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it looks cool. I want to play it, but like that, just the fact that it like starts like freaking waves on a page. I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. Dude, I I remember crying in seventh grade. Because in, in sixth grade, <laughs> in sixth grade, the band, like, they let me write in the note names. Oh, yeah. So I didn't have to read. I just had to remember what a C yeah. and B and an A was. And in seventh grade, my teacher wouldn't let me do that anymore. And yeah. I was so frustrated because I couldn't read it. I was you know just what? started crying. I was, like, embarrassing myself because I couldn't play. I, I knew I was better than that, but mm-hmm. I couldn't play. And I, I cried. I, you know? I feel that. Yep. In high school, we had um, our symphony band, concert band, uh, teacher he would like we would have a playing test every week right yeah yep every monday morning really i never had that yep and it was like it and you percussionist it was always on xylophone marimba you know some kind of mal percussion and since that was like the worst thing i was at it's like i would spend the whole weekend just writing in the notes and yeah i I know what notes are on a keyboard like i can can read a keyboard but i can't read the music to the key because like once once it goes above or below the staff I'm screwed. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, I feel that it was a lot of nights, just me like pencing him in, practicing a little bit, just fucking losing my mind. Just starts, I, you, I could just feel that. I can feel it now. Just yeah. the tears streaming. Yeah. And I'm like, couldn't do it. <laughs> I just remember Monday morning, freaking 7 a.m., having oh to do that playing God. test. I would get like three measures, three measures in. Sometimes I would rock it, but like, cause I practice for like God knows how long. Right. But like, I would get three measures in sometimes and just be like, <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> and he would look at me and be like, really? And I'd be like, yes. And I would just leave. I would sometimes, I would just leave. Oh my God. <laughs> Those are like chair placements. We're like so, like chair placements are so anxiety inducing. Oh me. yeah. It's like, I want to be the best. So like, I didn't want to fuck up. I don't know. Oh yeah. Especially, yeah. When, when chairs have like labels, like first, second, third. Oh, yeah. yeah. And you happen to oh, be yeah. first. Like, oh shit. That, that, yeah. That, that's on my shoulders. I wasn't <laughs> not yep. getting first chair is all I'm going to say. Like I was like, I'm going in this and I'm getting first chair. <laughs> I remember, I remember getting. Uh, we had because we had like six or seven clarinets in mm-hmm. middle school band, and I started fucking fourth. I think mm-hmm. I, I never went lower than fourth, but I remember one. There's this girl Amanda. She was always first chair, dude. And it's like <laughs> it's like her spot, you know? Right. Yeah. And one day I got I got first chair, and from the playing because it, it changed every playing test. Whoever uh-huh. got the best score, you know, it was that's how they ranked them. Right. Right. I remember I got it, and I was just like, fuck yeah! I only. <laughs> I was only there for like one playing, one or two playing tests, but like I, it sh- I beat her by like one point. 
You had to let her know. You had to let her know. This isn't your throne, Amanda. I was like, you might as well get... Find another hobby. (laughs) What are you, fourth chair? I can't even see past. I don't even know. I don't look behind me. I don't know where you guys can sit. We only have three players, but you're on the fourth chair. (laughs) I forgot about that stuff. I remember my friend Brad. Because, like, he would announce... The teacher would announce the uh the scores out loud in front of everybody oh damn like after everybody was done he would just go one by one and tell you what your score was that's horrible actually yeah. what the hell yeah and so like shit we didn't even know that happened there's this one kid blair who was like my fr- brad played the french horn and this one kid blair blair who also played it he was also really bad he was really bad brad was good but blair was really bad <laughs> and like he announced one time he had a really bad playing test and Mr. Gaston, the teacher, was like announcing him, got to Blair and announced him his score just really bad. Once he said it, Brad just stood up and screamed. <laughs> <laughs> he just stood up and was like, Until <laughs> 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 I started fucking crying, dude. First time I heard that, I was crying, <laughs> laughing, dude. Uh, he just, the level of not kill <laughs> seventh grade oh dude. my god i always felt bad for those people that really were terrible <laughs> like i, I kind of wanted to be like Gosh, half of me was like get the hell out of here but like also like i want to help you but also yeah. if you leave then i'm the set i'm second i'm second chair to being the worst one so it's like oh if you leave then i'm the oh shit you better yeah. stay here oh, no, yeah I, yeah no i was i was oh my gosh <laughs> i was talking about this with a friend last night we're like Hey, you remember this one instance in Symphony Band? And immediately I was like, oh, shit, here we go. And I had to, like, access my memory. When <laughs> there's those moments where, like, you know, <laughs> the teacher has to stop and start going through a part with someone specific out of the whole band. Yeah. And then everyone kind of, like, has their own little conversations. Yeah. There were two. Eh, they won't listen to this. It doesn't matter. There were two <laughs> French horns, right? Uh, Abby and uh, and Wesley, right? Abby was, like, really good. And Wesley was really bad. Does he even need to do a playing test? It right, was, yeah. It was, I mean, it was like a pure... It wasn't like, oh, well, one's better than the other. It was like, nope, this person is very good. This one person is very bad. So it's like, ah, oh, jeez, this must suck for both of that. Like, yeah. I don't know. This must be some, like, hatred burning. And you'd always see them kind of, like, just kind of, like, snip at each other. You know, just kind of... Like, one day... Uh, it was like yeah they're like rah, 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 rah. <laughs> and you just hear everything was dead silent and then you see Wesley get up he stands up and just like I, it's something theatrical like he just dropped something or whatever and he just looks at Abby next to him and goes you know what <laughs> and then, I, I don't even oh. know what he said after that but everyone started losing after that, that. That's they knew, awesome. everyone knew what was happening they're and married this, now, this was dude. his breaking right, point yeah. <laughs> they have children now. you yeah. wanna go make out or what <laughs> yeah. are we doing this or not yeah right. <laughs> Quit giving me fuck eyes, Andy. <laughs> I'm in seventh grade. <laughs> oh, so dumb, dude. <laughs> oh, probably, oh, shit. Probably a billionaire now. Probably now. Yeah. That's, that's usually how it goes. There's no, I one. know where he is right now. Yeah. <laughs> so. Working at Speedway. <laughs> now, we need people to work at Speedway. I'm yeah, not going to sure. Hey, but, uh, I go there. But uh, there's this kid, Tyler. I love Tyler, dude. Uh, the Gifmeister we called him. Like, he was Giffle. <laughs> Fucking good kid. But like every time he did a playing test, and he knows it, dude. <laughs> like it's just Squeak City, you know. Oh yeah. The clarinet is oh. one of the worst instruments to be bad at. And when they start squeaking, it's fucking hilarious. Dude. Yeah, I know. Like it's great. And it takes them longer to get through the playing test. <laughs> 
so it's like it's even more drawn out and there's just you know squeaks you know squeaks of plenty <laughs> and oh my god trying not to laugh i was gonna say like when you have to like look away and like cover your face a little bit yeah dude yeah. it's it's really unfortunate <laughs> it feels so bad i'm very bad at not laughing at things dude like if something as funny is happening like it doesn't really matter where it is like i can be in the middle of an argument or something and if something's funny to me i'll just laugh right and exactly. it's like it just pisses the person off more mm-hmm. you know bad at that dude <laughs> bad but anyway <laughs> how did you get into the Gosh. into like the diy stuff or did uh, you already say that i don't know no uh well uh wait long story short story uh kind of kind of blend all right yeah this is the long form so yeah like yeah <laughs> i played a you know percussionist i i got a drum kit when i was 11 so i've been playing drums yeah for 11 years now and um it, i think it was i didn't play i didn't start playing guitar until i was maybe like 17 16 or 17 and um and it was purely because like gosh i can't write songs on drums you know and and no one wants <laughs> yeah. a drummer either well I don't know about now, but like, no, but like, say. Yeah, at true. the time, the people <laughs> I knew, like, yeah, 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 yeah. I had such like, a, I only had like a couple friends. I still only have a couple friends, but you know what I mean? It was like, and no one needed a drummer. So I was like, well, the only way I'm going to do this is if I play guitar. Cause that, that seems to be the only like, you know, yeah. Sly way into writing songs. So I started playing guitar. Oh gosh. Yeah, and I think, I, <laughs> and yeah, now here yeah, we are. now here we are. Started going well. I did. Yeah. It, it wasn't, and then it wasn't until I was like nineteen that uh, two friends from high school. I mean, they're both my friends now, but um, someone hit me up. They're like, "Hey, this person that you haven't seen in a couple of years wants to jam," and I was like, "All right, yeah, he plays drums. All right, we both play guitar. We go over. We had like a really, you know, you know, like when you first jam with somebody, it's like really awkward and stuff." And like, yeah, it, 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 uh, yeah, and it was like uh, it's me, my friend Joel, and my friend Dante. We were, we were jamming, and like, you know, Dante laid down some stuff on the drums, whatever, and Joel played some stuff on guitar. And I was like, "Oh, this is fun." Hey, I got this because I was like, I was doing like a lot of like tiny moving parts kind of stuff. Oh, so I sweet! Started, I started like ripping something, and they're like, they both were kind of like, I don't, I, I don't really know what to do. I'm like, yeah, oh. All right, let's go back to what we were doing before, and then. <laughs> um, and uh, I freak, I don't know what happened next. Uh, well, long yeah, another long story short. Dante played drums that day. He was like, "Hey, we should just keep jamming," and you know, so we did. And uh, yeah, we did like once. I think once a week over a summer or something. And uh, that was when uh, gravity started happening because like I, yeah, uh, how do I? You're gonna have to edit this. <laughs> no, 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 no. All right. I want it to be painful. <laughs> <laughs> My brain's splitting in half. How do I remember this? Uh, okay. I think, I think I was doing a lot of bedroom stuff. Oh, I, there are old songs that I've you know never put up, but like I try yeah. to record and trying to get over that initial fear of like hearing your own voice. Yeah, took me a while. I'm I'm still not over that. Um, but I never uh, listen to my podcast. I can't. Damn, I speak in voice. Right. I get it. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I eventually brought some some of those songs that I did myself or like remnants of it. Try to salvage. I'm like, hey, Dante, try to play drums with this. And I tried to play a guitar part. 
and starts slamming away. I'm like, this is sick. Like I've never, I've never done this before. Like this is yeah. sick. I've never been in a band before really. And like, this is cool. So I start doing it. And next thing you know, that's how the, uh, the first brevity record came out. It was just like me, Dante over summer, like jamming these songs. And, um, yeah. And it, yeah. And then, uh, when we recorded the drums and guitar for that little record thing, I also never sang or screamed during practice. We just yeah. played the instrument parts. And then uh, he's like, don't, yeah, while we were recording, he's like, you, don't you have, like, lyrics to this? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, well, th- well hey, now we gotta, gotta do it. And I'm like, it, man. And I'm like, oh, shit. So, uh, yeah. Did you guys record it yourselves? Yeah. Okay. Uh, gosh. <laughs> I just, man, I still love that record. Uh, I heard it for the first time, like, over a year last night. And uh, I was like, oh, God. And uh, I, um... <laughs> That was that was that was like the real first time I had to hear my own voice that long. Yeah. No, that's yeah, that's that's really tough. Like I have on my iPod, like an old iPod, like the click wheel ones, like the first recording we ever did, like it was me and my buddy Brad plays drums. And like we were a two piece, but the way we recorded, like we would write the songs with just guitar and drums, you know, and then once we recorded the drums, I would like uh turn into like a full like I tried to make it a full production sort of thing, like multiple guitars, as many guitars as I wanted, like, you know, bass, synth here and there, vocals, backing vocals. I just treated it like I had like an unlimited supply of musicians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought about that too. There's so many times where I'm like, oh, I got to start layering this. Like, mm-hmm. we have the ability to layer it. I should layer it like we're like yeah. a big band, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it was cool. But like, there was one time when we went to a studio and like recorded up at Central Michigan, like they had like a student run record label. And one of the one of the guys was like would do demos for like seventy five bucks or whatever. We had this really shitty like recorded on a crate solid state. <laughs> like, two, and like that was the first time I ever sang on a recording. It's so bad now. Like when I think back, it's so bad, dude. Like the lyrics are so bad, <clears throat> fucking awful. That's like my favorite part about old songs, though. Is yeah, like looking at like, damn, I was really feeling like those emotions yeah, and like dude. those feel so like immature and like juvenile and yeah <laughs> yeah i feel like i'm just now starting to get to like the point where the songs uh, the, okay i shouldn't say the songs the lyrics i write i'm not i don't hate them a year later right you know? exactly like yeah i i can say that i musically i've never written a song that i still don't like you know what i mean i right. a lot of people uh do and i understand that mm-hmm. i'm not trying to brag or anything but like I, i'm just still really proud of them right you, know? you connect with it it's like the yeah. story i heard uh I, shit i don't even remember i heard it from but it's like when people get like a bunch of tattoos and their friend with no tattoos goes like aren't you gonna be sick of those and like you know tell me. but it's like and uh well the story whatever the person i heard it from they're like the guy apparently with all the tattoos is like no nah, man like i don't i don't give a shit how bad these tattoos are and like 30 40 50 years I'll still know why I got this one, why I got this one, where I went and where I was when I got this one. And yeah. it's still me. Like, yeah. they, these are literally all me, whether or not, you know, I like them visually. Yeah. It's like, yeah. shit, this is all me. And it's just reminding us and shit. Yeah. It's like, you know, you're, it's a constant reminder of where you've been in a way. Right. You know? Yeah. I guess music is, is a little bit tougher because i'm i'm just glad that those songs never released i would say <laughs> the, 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 because i don't want to hear people hearing those lyrics dude mm-hmm. god it's so 
Yeah, I personally thought about deleting some stuff I off of the, uh, the yeah. unpublishing. Uh. <laughs> yeah, but like I, I have some stuff on like Bandcamp now that's that was released several years ago. But mm-hmm. like it's, I still like it. I think the lyrics are fine, mm-hmm. you know. But I just connect a lot more with the shit I'm doing now naturally. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 Just more current. And- yeah. But okay, so you guys uh, both just like a solo thing right now. Yeah. But- yeah. Pretty much. You were saying that you guys had some plans, so maybe you should, if you want to go into that, like yeah. what you guys um, uh, have coming up. And in terms like of solo stuff, um, I mean, we're both we're putting out a split together, um, so we have just been recording those over the past couple of past month, month or two. Yeah. Um, and so we're working on just like finalizing that. We're gonna have hopefully like a cassette release, maybe like a little CD thing. Um, we're gonna go on a, like a short tour, probably end of February when I'm on winter break from school, um, and. Um, for me personally, I'm looking to get like last piece to be like a full band thing, at least sometimes. Yeah. Um, at least like a, a release that's like full band. Cause I have these songs that yeah. sound better in that, that sound. Um, and then me and Chris have like talked about starting our own, like a different project aside from this, um, outside of these two yeah. things we're currently doing. So that's cool. Yeah. Where, uh, where are you guys going on, on tour? Um, we don't have anything finalized yet. That's on my to-do list for next month, but, yeah. um, definitely we just want to be like East coast. So, okay. um, I'm hoping Philly baby. Yeah. From what, <laughs> I, I've never toured. I don't know if you've toured or not. No, no, Everything no. is um, fell through for me. Yeah. Same. And the one time I tried to tour, I went to the hospital day two. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that sucks, dude. Um, we, I mean, in Alchemist, we tried to tour once and then it, that just fell through, but I feel like I know like at least a few people here and there that may be able to help, you know, us, you know, either New York or I don't know, other places on the East coast. So, um, that's where I'm hoping to go, but we'll see what happens when we actually like, book it. So. Yeah. How many, you know, how many days you want to go? Um, it's going to be like eight or nine. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. I know a few, uh, you know, I'm not going to like spend time name dropping right now, but like if, yeah. if you need help in maybe like Philadelphia or like DC, I might be able to, that would be sick. Actually. Just like at least put feelers out. No guarantees, yeah, yeah. obviously, oh, but totally. I, everything's yeah. so from the podcast, I've, I've made some, you know, connections That's here, awesome. here and there. Yeah. That was kind of like one of the points of the podcast too. was like, you know, I'm just going to like try to hit these bands when they're on tour when they're in the area. And exactly. Then like, yeah. My band wants to go on tour. If I can help somebody else out, you mm-hmm. know, then I know those people. That's so, how I felt with the original space i was booking at um the original mackin house um like i said we had people from all over like i had people from yeah. like, california I had people from like maryland from boston like so i'm hoping maybe the favor can be returned yeah. but again you can't expect it it's just right 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 just a hope sometimes like they might even want to but it just the timing isn't right exactly. you know like mm-hmm. or like the house they would book at or the venue they would book at is already booked you know yeah. so th- that's timing's got to be right exactly that's one of those things that seems like really daunting to me is like booking a tour and like trying to know when is the right time to start like how far out like i don't know like i don't (laughs) yeah i'm starting like almost like two and a half months in advance i'm hoping that's enough we'll see like i said i've never done it so yeah i think that is from what i've heard is like a little bit cutting it close Okay. Yeah, for for that amount <laughs> right, no, of time, definitely. You know, I've I've heard bands like going on like ten day runs that they plan like six months in advance, and not that that's absolutely not that it's not doable. Mm. Sure, it's doable. You yeah. might be scrambling a little bit more. Yeah. But again, I've never done it either. So exactly. I think you learn as you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, I'm not opposed at all to like hiring a booking agent like, at some right, point. Yeah. Like, I would love to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, heck, even like uh, when I went 
uh, Kalamazoo, same place. Went to the hospital. It was great. Not, mm-hmm. not saying that about Kalamazoo. Kalamazoo is awesome, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really like it. That place is so cool. There's so yeah. many stray cats. Out the- <laughs> Is that's that like your thing? barometer? I don't right. know. For like, me, it is because cool? I'm like, oh my god, animals. You want to uh, Max these? Bar must be up there for you then. Oh, Max yeah. Bar kittens. I love behind Max Bar. I'm like, oh god, come here, kitty. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I met a guy out there, uh, and you know, just by chance, he's like, yeah, I dropped out of school to help anyone do anything. I'm like, well, that's a that's a big statement. Pretty broad. Yeah. And he's like. Eh, yeah, he's like, yeah, I know people here, 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 and here. I'm like, oh, freaking Jesus, okay, fucking mm-hmm. sweet. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, just let me know if you ever want to book a tour. Uh, I'll help you. That's cool. So, That's hey, sick. Charlie, we got right. yeah, <laughs> we got one name. And then, the yeah. thing is, too, though, like you might, someone might say that, but it's like, are they going to put you with acts that are going to have draw? Like, are exactly, you're going to have a crowd where you go, mm-hmm. like. Yeah. That's the thing to consider too. Like they might be able to know they might know somebody at the venue, but like are they gonna There's find their the promotion bands? and yeah, yeah, all those things. Yeah. Oh, because yeah. anyone can book a show, it's just but that's yeah, not that's all that is, true. you know. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot so much that goes into this shit, dude. It really it, is. It, it it's so overwhelming sometimes. It's like mm-hmm. you know, it's uh I mean I feel like any sort of career in the arts is gonna be like this, but like the thing that you put out to people is like the tip of the iceberg. You know, it's, it's such a small minority of like everything that's required yep. to make it happen. Right. Like the, I say this a lot, but like the level of like business savvy when it, of, of musicians that yep. make it and like the drive behind them yep. of these people that like to the rest of society maybe look like just degenerates or they like just, just dismiss them as like, you know, yeah. like get a real job, you know, it's like, dude, you know how much work this is. Yeah. Like, it's its own it's, like business in a way. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's way like from my experience, it's way harder than like just having a real job, quote unquote. Yeah. hundred percent. So much just something easier. that's already carved out and you have yeah. that path already made. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's like, it's, it's not like you're not choosing this, because it's easier, it's always fun. Like well, no, if anything, usually it's not more is difficult dude. sometimes. Yeah, it's like almost never. Like if you think of it's not if you think about like the percentage of time that it's actually fun versus the percent of time it's just work. It's almost never fun, right? But the times that it is fun, it's Ooh. makes it all yeah. worth it. Like, and for it, people who like don't do this kind of stuff or are removed from the arts. It's yeah. like uh, they have this like false uh, thing. Well, I'm, I'm not false. If you believe it, I guess. But it's like there is that moment where uh, someone who's not involved with the arts will think that it is all just fun. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they'll try to like, uh, what's the negative? Uh, just put a negative view on it. Ne- negative view on it. But like, yeah, they just discredit, like discredit the, yeah, the yeah. efforts uh, that are like that come with it. Uh, it's because they they just I don't know if they get it. I don't even know. I, I don't even I don't even know if this is a real thing. But like stereotypes of art, yeah, which is yeah, yeah like the the stereotypical artist. I mean, quote unquote. But yeah, it's not your, it's not like you're sitting back, chain smoking, paint whatever the fuck you want. It's like. Yeah, it's, it's fucking way different than that, man. Yeah, it's work. Yeah, yeah. There might be people, those people, but they're not doing shit. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, <laughs> no one knows who they are. Right. You know, like, yeah. for real, for real. Yeah. Those people, those people yeah. barely exist, and if they do, they're yeah. dead. 
dead soon, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it, yeah, it, that's, yeah, that's just one of those things. Like, I try I explained it to my dad at one point, like, because, you know, I was, uh, like, first-generation college student, got really good grades all throughout school. Like, mm-hmm. it was kind of like an ex, almost an expectation that, like, well, it was an expectation that I go to college mm-hmm. and that, like, I, uh, you know, that I, like, make something out of that. And mm-hmm. I, like, you know, it's it could be viewed as like a waste if i i mean i have a bunch of student loans dude like i'm in debt it's like so if if i'm pursuing something that has nothing to do with that at all it's you know it it could be viewed easily as a waste of money and like a waste of potential and blah 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 but it's Mm -hmm. just like dude the amount i wouldn't be putting all this work into it like if it didn't mean so much exactly you know it's it's hard to articulate there's only so much articulation you can put in your words to try to explain to someone how much something means and, you know, how passionate you are about a certain thing. Yeah. But there are some instances where no matter how many ways you cut it, this certain mindset that this person has will not accept something you're doing the way that you know that you're doing it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if that was really put. But you know, yeah, I got you. Yeah. No, um, that makes sense. Yeah, I think I, having that I, could, I could shed some light on it. Like, so I, I was, you know, I was talking to my buddy who is a lawyer and like, uh, he, that's what he's always wanted to do. Like he always knew he wanted to do that. And I was trying to explain it. Like, you know, if you weren't a lawyer right now, you would be doing, and I, I didn't actually say this to him at the time, but like mm-hmm. I thought about it later, I was like, okay, this would be a better way to put it. Mm-hmm. Like if you, if you weren't a lawyer now, you would probably be doing everything you could to get there. Yeah. Like, and it, it wasn't probably, I mean, you could say it was a conscious decision you made to become that, but it's like inherently you just know that's what you should do mm-hmm. and that's what you want to do. And that's where your life has led you. And it's like, yeah. I, that's how I feel towards music. So the fact that I'm not a musician as a career, mm-hmm. I'm going to do everything I can to get there. Right. Like, because for me, it's not really a choice. It's like, it's, I have to do it. Like mm-hmm. if I, I don't, I can't envision a, like a scenario, like a future where it's not something I'm striving for. Right. You know, like mm-hmm. if, if I don't make it by the time I'm, you know, 35 or by the time I'm supposed to be settled down, I'm just going to keep evolving and like whatever the music is that feels right to me then is what I'm going to be trying to push and is what I'm going to be trying to put out into the world. And like, yeah, at this point, like I feel like I've wasted a lot of time for sure. Like by indecision, Uh you know, and uh, it's, it's it's hard to like look at some of these younger acts that are like blown up like immediately or, you know, not immediately, but like they're 21 by the time they're signed or something. Yep. And it's, it's hard to look at that and not feel like you, your windows closed, but minus the bear didn't put out their first record till they were 28, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And there, I don't, I don't know if you've listened, do you, I don't know if you listen to the band great grandpa or if you have listened to the new, I've heard of them. I don't, yeah. Well, they have this new record and it's like all I've been talking about for the past month since it came out. And, uh, but they have this song, it's called bloom and they have a line where it's like something like Tom Petty released his best songs when he was 39. And like, it's all about that. Like, I'm not wasting my time. I'm doing it and I'm going to get there like when it's meant to be or when I put in that effort. And I, I just reminded me of that. Yeah. It's such a fucking word. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. That song just hit. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's solid. Yeah. I mean, that's, 
So that's the thing. Like, you know, it's it's calculated risk, I guess. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I'm funneling all my extra money into it. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't have like the the real sweet like savings account, or like I don't have like the <laughs> the the uh, retirement plan or anything mm-hmm. at the moment. Like, I don't. I don't know, man. Like, I just can't function that way i can't think about that yeah like if i start thinking about that i'm gonna freak myself out yeah. and i'm gonna like take one foot out of the pool when it comes to try to trying to make this happen like exactly I, I, if it if it spirals out of control like whatever dude like i'll move to the bahamas and i'll just like make surfboards and like you know what i mean right, I'll, yeah. I'll go live in a society that i don't need to have all this money for retirement yeah. whatever you know what i mean i just what i'm saying is like making a point i can't envision any other future for myself other than doing this right exactly and you're putting in the time now and if, as long as you keep doing that something's going to happen and something's yeah. going to work out yeah yeah and, like people talk about like manifesting shit it's like or like the secret you know yeah. it's like i mean you can believe that but it it's not the belief it's it's the action that that belief uh inspires mm-hmm. that makes things happen so like yeah. A lot of the people that like believe, like if you think it, you'll manifest it. It's like, well, you think that you're going to manifest it, so that motivates you to take all the actions, and then your actions say, is what makes it happen. Those thoughts have to become actions. For yeah, example. yeah, and it's like you know, you're if as long as you don't give up and you have the talent, like yes. you'll make it in some capacity. And getting through, like we talked about that bitterness, that jealousy, you have to get through those tough, like shitty periods, like because yeah. you're going to run into them most likely. Yeah, and and it's not always like a very linear path that you're on, and yeah, um, it's just important to keep that in mind. And like me going from like playing with alchemists, like we used to play a ton, and now we really don't. And um, I told myself I'm going to release these old ass songs that I have that I wrote, and then I'm going to just try it out yeah and it just kind of spirals into something and it's always different than what you thought it would be and yeah it's just taking that chance yeah yep and like everybody is five minutes of fame is gonna end Mm -hmm. and like you have to ride that out too yep you know uh so like even if you do start making it like you have to brace yourself for the cool down the lulls you know like there's gonna be that like Mm -hmm. I feel like the healthy thing to do is to like embrace those times. Like yeah. Less pressure. Like I can enjoy my life. You can regroup. Yeah. Have you yeah. ever watched the documentary, your war? I'm one of you. It's about mm-hmm. Joan of Arc, no. the band, Tim Kinsella. No, my, one of my all time favorites, uh, documentaries about music. Um, at, towards the end, one of, uh, Tim Kinsella's, uh, original Joan of Arc members, uh, Todd Mate. He's just like, er, no, it wasn't Todd. He said it. It was Nate Kinsella, their cousin. <laughs> He's like, I think Tim's idea about this whole thing is to make sure that Joan of Arc remains a sustainable art project. Yeah. And so it's like that being said, it's like, um, well, for for anyone who doesn't know, Joan of Arc is like a, it's like a tw- over 20 year old band oh yeah they're old <laughs> and over 20 records out hmm. it, it's crazy and uh they went from doing you know originally tim tim was from captain jazz who you know has that whole cult following but like joan of arc had a lot of public hate because it one because it wasn't joan or wasn't captain jazz two because it wasn't like quote-unquote music on the radio you know what i mean yeah. it, it was like they did tim does whatever the fuck he wants mm-hmm. and it's great if, I mean, if you're if you're yeah. if you're open minded enough, it's like there's some Joan of Arc records out of those twenty that I'm like, this is one of my favorite records of all time. Ooh. This is also one of my favorite records of all time. This is a favorite. Yeah. It's like, and it's like, but he, it's simp- It's 
that's I guess it's not so common that people like that music, but the fact that he does whatever he wants and has those that certain fan base that uh, understands that yeah that he can do whatever he wants, not in like an antagonistic or uh, pretentious way. It's just like wake up in the morning, I'm gonna do whatever I want today. Yeah. I mean, yeah. besides, it's like I mean, freeing as an artist. Yeah, it's not- like sure, go to work, whatever, come back. Was a thing that other people want. Yeah, you I know, mean, if, if you're f- trying, if you're trying to go out and do something catchy, just because people think it'll be catchy, mm-hmm. what's the point? Did mm-hmm. you like it? Did you like that thing you just made? That's catchy. Mm-hmm. No, then what the fuck. I think if you figure out how to do that, like for whatever that means to you, like you figured out life, like you cracked the code, right? Basically. Exactly. If if you can, at least even if you're not always like in the limelight, you're not always feeling like the you know like the thrills of success as long as like you wake up and you do exactly what it is you feel like doing that day and you're not hurting anybody and like you know that like it's all tied to something that makes you feel full on the inside like Mm -hmm. that's it like that's what life is man like it's not about like being uh like i mean it's so stereotypical but it's it's not about being rich it's not about like having like the cars unless like that is literally what you want if that's Mm -hmm. what makes you happy then you you make that happen you know but you know, my grandpa is one of the most like successful, like 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 financially successful people I know. But like mm-hmm. he he says that like one of you know like he'll tell us like he'll tell me like you know the the mark of success like the, the, he said one of the most successful people he knows was his next door neighbor who lived in like a double wide and made just enough money like he he was successful because he knew exactly who he wanted to be like he just woke up had this house on the lake and just he loved fishing and doing shit like that and like every day he could just go out on the boat and have his time like that's he's like that's someone who figured out exactly who they want to be and just does that and and knows what they need to do to give themselves the life they want and it's like and, and this is coming from a guy who made all the money in the world and he's like you know like he's telling you that that's what's successful mm-hmm. and i feel that that really stood out to me i was like oh shit dude like you're right, right. <laughs> you know? it's not like, all about the money or the fame or the whatever yeah and that was like a kind of a turning point for my life too because it was like i i lived with my grandparents for like a year after i graduated college because mm-hmm. i had a bunch of debt and like i didn't have any real job prospects right away and mm-hmm. so i just went out there and i was freaking out like getting ready to take the GRE because I thought I had to go to grad school and like, a psych degree, right. you know. And Do you I have was, a psych degree? Yeah. Oh, same. Yeah, really cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was, uh, I was like panicking. Like, I was having a panic attack. Like, I didn't mm-hmm. want to take the GRE and like, I procrastinated studying so much mm-hmm. that I was just like, fuck this. And I was I was just freaking out. And my grandpa told me like, there's like nowhere, he's told me nowhere on your degree does it tell you what you have to do next. Like, that's true. That's an accomplishment. You should be mm-hmm. proud of that. Like, yep. you know, be proud that you like live in a society and you live within means where you could make that happen for yourself. But if, you know, if the next thing you do has nothing to do with that, mm-hmm. that fuck it, you know, like essentially. No, yeah. That's all. It's just like a skill set that you've, you've earned the degree of, you have this certain skill set. Yeah. And yeah, I think that's a really cool way of looking at it. Yeah. And it's like, no matter what, like if I ever quote unquote fail, which I don't plan on it, like, but you know, it's not gonna be hard to find a job. Like if I right. have to, like, but, and yep. as long as I haven't quote unquote made it to where mm-hmm. I can sustain myself on music alone, like, mm-hmm. I'll always be fine. Be able to find a job where I can financially support myself exactly. while I'm trying to make that happen. Mm-hmm. You know, so I mean, it is what it is. I right. just 
not going to go to grad school. I mean, that's just, that. it's just I'm, not going to be the case. Like I'm in grad school now and it's hell. Oh, like really? it's cool, but it's like yeah. kind of hell at the same time. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, it, it, it probably be worth, like if I would have went right away and got a master's or something, it'd be worth it now for sure. But like, I don't know. I just can't bring myself now that I'm really pursuing music. Yeah. I can't bring myself to like go deeper into debt and like to further, <laughs> Like to take up that much more of my time, like mm-hmm. it just, it's a lot. Yeah. yeah, I'd be overwhelmed, dude. Like, yeah. kudos if you can handle it. Yeah, yeah, that's, it works out. Real. But no, I mean that's the thing though is it does take away from like music and doing things. Like currently, like I do have a paper that's due tomorrow, and like right. uh, should I maybe be doing that? Yes, but like that's fine. And like you gotta just you have priorities, and you have to like if music's your thing, like go after that. Like we yeah. talked about, and like I think that's very important to do. And yeah, and that's I mean that's. For everybody, this yeah. is these are life lessons here, and this that's what our, you've come to expect from the Invite the Neighbors talk. podcast. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, people. Some people have Joel Osteen, some people have ITN, dude. Like I get, it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> One day I'm gonna have a serious XM channel where I'm just giving advice, right. <laughs> and that's gonna be like my life arc. <laughs> <laughs> well, shit. Uh, yeah. Well, I feel like that's pretty good. That's pretty good. I mean, we're about. About nine thirty-five, probably probably wrap it up. Like, yeah, we'll definitely right. we'll do this again sometime. Yeah, sure. be sweet. Yeah, like I feel like there's probably we could probably keep going, keep going. But yeah. like I have been procrastinating at work because gotcha. like tomorrow's my last day oh, before really? Thanksgiving and oh, stuff. Okay. Yeah, I wish, dude. <laughs> <Same>. <laughs> <That'd> be sick. <laughs> but yeah, I have to like work a ton tomorrow. Like I, in order to feel okay going into this longer mm-hmm. break, like I have to do so much shit so it's like i, I, I need to like get some sleep mm-hmm. but definitely enjoyed meeting you guys yeah. thank you for having us thank, thank you yeah. so much it really Appreciate means a lot yeah. yeah this is cool um plug your shit um yeah i am on pretty much all social media so twitter uh bandcamp i'm on instagram facebook just glass piece either glass piece or glass piece mi um what charlie what was that it's like your your own instagram too Oh, just, that's might fine. as well. You can just find the glass piece right. one. Um, <laughs> and then uh, I also, I, we, we're actually both playing a show at my house. I don't know when this will be out, but um, if it's out before then, uh, the 12th of December is going to be oh, the be last Matkin Light show. Um, it's in Taylor if you're in the area. On um, December 12th? Yep. I'll probably try to make over there Sick. for that. That'd it's a Thursday. Cool. It'll be fun. It's with me, Chris from Brevity, who's currently here. Um, we got Brian from Peshtigo. Um, we got a couple bands. I think they're from Mount Pleasant in Grand Rapids, if I'm not mistaken, but, uh, Lotus Powers and Ditch Lily. So it'll be a good time. I'm trying to think. Oh yeah. Okay. I'm recording the 11th and the 12th, but I'll be, the 12th is the last day. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll, I'll be probably, yeah, be able to, I, yeah I should, I should be done. Yeah. Back oh, by oh, then. If you can, not yeah, happy. It'd be sick. That'd, that'd be cool. Yeah. yeah. Check it. And you said you're moving. Like where are you moving? Yeah, to? I'm moving to. So I'm moving to Detroit. Oh, um, yeah, so not far. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just getting a bigger space. And honestly, yeah. I don't know if we'll be able to host shows. Like it's definitely got the space, but like I'll be living with roommates and that kind of thing too. So yeah, have to work it out. But if so, keep an eye out for that because I would love hosting shows. Well, this is a musical household too. So if you ever like, if you ever like, if someone comes to you or if you what you're trying to book an acoustic show but yeah. you don't have the space for it anymore, just let me know and I might be able to do it. Cool, I Do appreciate it here. that. Yeah. yeah. And then your turn. <laughs> okay. Uh, yep. Uh, uh, Pressure's on. Uh, yep. Okay. So, <laughs> brevity stuff you can find on Bandcamp. Hopefully, I don't know, if it's not Spotify right now, but hopefully soon. Uh, brevitymi.bandcamp.com is my music. Uh, Instagram is brevity underscore mi. 
Or if you just want to follow me, it's Christopher Brown 573 on Instagram. And that's about it. Yeah. I've been trying to like think of cool ways to end the episode. And uh, one thing I like to do, I haven't ended this way, but I like asking people uh, if they have like one of the most embarrassing band names that they've been a part of. Like if they have like any Ooh. previous band names that are like really cringy. I got a story. So I feel like almost yeah, everybody. Um, I've only been in Alchemist and Glass Piece, so uh, I mean, all right, I got can, it. Then. We, we can like lived. talk. Yep, I got we can it. talk shit on those names if we want, <laughs> and that's fine. No, those aren't bad. I got a good one. <laughs> all right, I was in a cover band when I was thirteen, I think, and uh, we played one show, and it was at a bar at like two p.m. Maybe. Yeah. We were called Neon Black, and you know, <laughs> it gets better because I, I hated that, that name. <laughs> Everyone else liked the name of the band. I thought it was so dumb. <laughs> Dope as shit. But dude. guess what? Some guy comes up to me before we go on. Uh, apparently only me. He doesn't go to anyone else. Comes to me. He's like, hey, what's your band name? And I go, Wombat Wrestlers. And then oh. you hear you hear over the PA system. All right, next on stage is Wombat Wrestlers. And then we walk on. Oh, you could see the faces on everyone else yeah. in the band. They were like, you piece of shit. <laughs> oh man, Wombat Wrestlers is pretty sweet though. That's I, great. I did have a teacher ask me, so I had to give a presentation really quick before in, in one of my psychology classes, and um, they had to give a fun fact about yourself. So I always say I'm in a band because I think that's fun. Yeah. And um, the teacher asked me if I was in Kid Rock, so that's maybe. The Are you cool. in Kid Rock? <laughs> yeah, like so. I was not like, currently, um, not yet, but maybe one day. Probably I not. Want to ask Kid Rock before I yeah. enter Kid Rock? <laughs> so maybe that was my embarrassing moment around that. <laughs> you never want to be caught in Kid Rock, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. Eat vegetables. Me undies. Sponsor me. <laughs> I love you guys. Peace out.